The Land Bolton Podcast is sponsored by Murrah Ranch Group, serving buyers and sellers of legacy ranches and sporting properties with conservation values since 2005. Welcome to the Land Bulletin Podcast, where we discuss a wide range of topics impacting landowners, ranchers, and future land buyers. I'm your host, Haley Murr. This past year brought its fair shares of ups and downs for landowners and ranch investors alike. Today, we will look back at MRG's top 10 of 2022. We'll review the top news and issues of the year and how many of these challenges will continue to be a part of ranch ownership. We will also be looking at some of the successes and stories of our friends and colleagues from last year. Let's see what we discovered. Hi there, all. Welcome back to our Land Bulletin series. As always, I am Haley Murr. I'm the Director of Strategic Partnerships and Development here at Murr Ranch Group, where every other week we're going to be discussing the ranch and sporting property market buying and selling advice, the latest best stewardship practices, as well as topics currently impacting landowners. Murr Ranch Group, for those of you who are first joining, is a full-service ranch real estate brokerage and consulting company focusing on legacy ranches and sporting and conservation properties around the West. Today, we will be looking back at MRG Top 10 of 2022, the top news and issues facing ranchers, and how many of these challenges will continue to be a part of ranch ownership. And we'll also be looking at some of the successes and stories of our friends and colleagues from last year. Please feel free to ask your questions in the comments, and we will try to answer them during this broadcast. If not, we'll reach out to you after our conversation. Helping me out today is the owner and manager of Murr Ranch Group, Ken Murr. Welcome, Ken. Hi, manager extraordinaire. Manager extraordinaire, founder, manager. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we do have a little, uh, uh, our podcast room is being occupied. We've got two new brokers. We're doing all kinds of things. I think we've got the new royal family with William and Harry now. Uh, we do. The new part of the, that's part of the good. group. More to come, right? <laughs> I haven't used that yet. Uh, so it's a good thing uh, that here we are in the middle of, uh, beginning of January, middle of winter being as busy or busier than sometimes even the middle of summer. So it's all, it's all great. It's great. This is the time we're prospecting. We're getting new listings. There's a lot of exciting stuff in 2023 that we're excited to share with everyone. But before we get into 2023, we're going to focus on some of the stories and things we discussed in 2022. Um, mm-hmm. For those loyal listeners of Land Bulletin, 2022 was our, our freshman year of having a podcast and live stream. Um, but it was great because we really got into the nitty gritty of some of the biggest issues facing ranchers. Um, and I know I personally learned a lot. And I know, Ken, you might be the sage of a lot of this already, but I know you learned a lot too. So it'll be cool to dive yeah. in. Yeah, you know, things too that you heard about maybe will, will occur, are occurring. And it's like, okay, um, so so how do we how do we engage in that? How, how does this information uh, that we're sharing, uh, you know, help our buyers and sellers and just people in general? You know, mm-hmm. overall, I think my vision for everything that we do is just making sure that people understand that when they buy a ranch, own a ranch, that they have certain responsibilities associate, associated with owning that. Mm-hmm. And stewardship or care and, and just and protecting their investment. So that's what we're trying to do with, with yep. all of this. Right? 
That's right. great. We're creating the next stewards. And one of the right. biggest issues that stewards and ranch owners are facing today, um, it's been happening for uh, you know many years in the West, is the availability of water and how precious water is. Um, it's mm -hmm. one of the biggest issues facing the West, but ranchers are, you know, have some of the best tools in order to help this issue. Um, you know, last year we gathered experts to discuss water history, drought, anti-speculation legislation, the water rights markets and war, including Tommy Latusek. He came on for a little bit to talk about water. Um, but I guess, you know, even though it was an issue last year, it's not going to stop being an issue in 2023. Not going away. Yeah. Um, you know, some, the drought. And, and, and I think we're giving, moving away from drought to say, this is existence, you know, mm -hmm. as we know it now. You can't not pick up a paper. I don't care if you're in New York or L.A. or ever, you know, about water issues. Right. And in the West, is we're really definitely facing some issues. What we're trying to do here, kind of educating owners, is the importance, number one, is an investment tool, right, buying land with water and how that impacts your, your investment. But ultimately, again, get, getting back to my earlier statement about teaching people to be good stewards, teaching people about the importance of it. How do you manage property mm -hmm. around you? Are you buying water that is secure? And are there different techniques that, uh, you know, what you grow, the type of plants you grow, the way you irrigate, all these things really do matter. And when you start looking at the depletions in the Colorado River Basin, you know, I'm reading articles right now about even the Great Salt Lake. We all need to participate mm -hmm. in this change. And, and and we all need to support it. We all need to become, a, you know, a little more, you, you know, educate and, and inspire others on, on new techniques. Yeah. And it's, it's great. I mean, there's, we've talked about some different, you know, programs that ranchers have participated in. You know, we, we do have a blog that you guys can all reference after this live stream to see some of those articles that, you know, we've even written for WLA, but there are programs out there of, you know, ranchers shutting off their water sooner and being, you know, paid by the state. Um, there's a lot of different availability of tools and lessons we can learn. So, you know, it'll continue to be an issue, but there are a lot of smart and intelligent people that are trying to create solutions and ranchers are definitely one of them. Um, yeah. And I think we could probably even, you know, we could probably do even a recommendation of books to read, yeah. resources. I think in, in the coming year, we'll provide a little bit more of that for, for folks. Um, and even just understanding Western water law, we, we did an article a bit about how it originated and prior appropriation and, and those that type of terminology, which is certainly different than than the East Coast. But then even things about the water projects and how we use water in the West is much different than in the East. And books like Cadillac Desert, and they talk mm -hmm. about why we built uh, certain types of uh, you know water transportation projects and things like that might have been good and might not be good and how those things that occur you know in the 20s and 50s and 60s are impacting us today so mm -hmm. um i i think just understanding that basis is really important and i find more and more now of, of, of owners and buyers they want to know these things they want to know the science they want to know about those the water issues and i never even, even when we own the a property ourselves up on like upper colorado i was just mystified that like this water I mean, we were up by the headwaters. This water right. goes all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. And to understand all the various users. And I wish I could do it. I always thought if you could like take origami and pull things and see if they flow all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> or something. 
little boats or maybe you got to, anyways, I always thought that'd be really interesting to see where they yeah. go or how they're used. And if, if you were a molecule, molecule. Yeah, do like a little like time hop thing You're of right. them, you know, that'd be cute. Yeah. Like Marcel the shell or something like that. There you go. <laughs> right. um, but you know, water and this kind of is a good segue is also, you know, if you have water rights on the property, people are seeing it as an investment. And that kind of leads to another topic that we really harped on, you know, as the markets are changing, as people are trying to hedge against inflation, there's all these different things that people are doing to invest, but the market is becoming less and less reliable. So where should people start to put their money? Ranch investments are a, a huge opportunity. And we looked a lot at that with Jeff Hubbard at, at, on one of our live streams. We looked at how do we evaluate those type of investments, how we hold your hand, you know, at the end of the day, we're almost like a financial advisor, but we're looking at ranches instead of equities. So just looking as at ranches as an investment and what that looks like. Well, yeah, again, a lot of news out there. Um, you, you know, we do treat and, and, and investors should understand there's a, a difference between investing in farmland you know, in the Midwest versus buying a ranch out West. Mm -hmm. there, there's just, uh, there's different income associated with that. There are different crops, different water. So there, there are different criteria and they should understand the expectations should be different in, 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 in those investments. Um, you know, ranching, you're dealing typically with livestock and, and some level of uh, production. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's, you know, you're looking more of hay and other things like that. And, and, and that use of water then for those type of crops are different, right? And, and so that relates a lot to what we just talked about, about water issues. And so mm -hmm. where should you be utilizing your water to create income opportunities to feed your livestock? And, and hopefully there's a resource left over then that gets back into the stream then then helps people down the line as you think about even the Colorado River and the miles and miles and, and people that it benefits, for instance. Um, so, um, yeah, that, that's part of that investment scenario that is there's, there's a balance there. Mm -hmm. And there's some equity or, or ethical, I, I should say, uh, uh, decisions and in, in how you do things. Mm -hmm. uh, so water is one component, but it's really understanding the, the, the various features, you know, attributes of the land itself. You know, after 30 plus years, and I was dealing <clears> early <throat> with uh, unique, unique land exchanges and trades. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm as qualified as any appraiser in some sense because of the, you know, I, I, I used to have to work on, you know, 10 acre mining claims at, you know, 13,000 feet to in holdings in national forests to working at things next to national parks. And you just start to understand your approach to value. And we, we, we've seen certainly... You know, everybody now wants to be, I think, a ranch broker or a farm broker because mm -hmm. they all think it's a, you know, a very, and it's a good lifestyle and certainly it's been it treated us well, but they, you know, they don't, they don't know really a thing about land values and, and how those have changed. And even if somebody getting into the business right now, you know, this, this past two years is not a reflection of the past 30 that I've seen. So oh, yeah. understanding those attributes of value, how to look at those so that the investment in the end, because you know, we certainly have clients that will spend $100 million, but we, we have the $2 million investor, too. And we mm -hmm. want to be there for everyone to give them the right understanding of what you should anticipate from that investment and know, you know, huge profits in the ranching business 
are difficult to, to obtain from just the pure cattle business. But now there are other things that we'll talk about even, you know, that you should be aware of. And again, those are things we will continue to educate. We will continue kind of in the course of this year to really harp on those things that are come add to that investment. Mm-hmm. And one of those things that one can consider is mm-hmm. a conservation easement as a type of income generation. I know we, you know, we talk about the value of land from the, the intrinsic value um, when it comes to sh- the sporting attributes, the water, just how much it's been taken care of, the stream restoration. There's a lot of things that go into value of property. Um, but one of the things once you own a ranch to consider is, you know, a conservation easement. And one of the things we focused on this year were the essentials of easements, because it is a term that makes people a little uneasy at times. Uh, Some people don't quite understand what a conservation easement is. So it was interesting this year for our third topic that we went over uh, was the essentials of easements and what what that means uh, as a ranch owner. When I was practicing law, I worked on easements and helped draft them back in the early days of, of, of conservation and work with some of the experts and continue to this day work with those experts both in from a legal standpoint top of the some of the best yeah. uh, people that have written and understood and kind of created the model conservation easements to some of the land uh, landscape design folks who are involved in why and how, how where how to restrict where to restrict property to some of the people who actually go in and do what we call baseline inventories and study what you're actually protecting, which is really a kind of cool when you can go with some of these uh, really educated guys and mm-hmm. you, 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 know, you get to learn, well, you know, how old is that tree? And, you know, what is that grass? And you, you it's really compelling. And, and then getting down to the values of, of those properties, you know, as we look at the benefits of conservation easements, again, you know, you're, you're right. It, it does play a role in, in investment decisions, but there's basically five types of financial benefits. You got your federal tax deductions, you got your estate tax deduction impacts, you've got you know conservation tax credits in Colorado, uh, property tax implications, and then ultimately, in, in some cases, there's uh, cash because there mm-hmm. might be funding available from a nonprofit to a state, the federal uh, government, in paying for a portion of that conservation. Right. So those are all really good things. And, 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 and certainly Colorado with its tax credit program, it's pretty incredible. And, you know, the, the changes that have occurred in, in, in the past year, we're really saying, you know, they can use these credits for up to 20 year period for mm-hmm. deductions and the tax credits can, uh, you can reap at least in Colorado up, up to 90% of the donated value but can't take more than 1.5 million in any given year, calendar year, and a total transaction cap of $5 million. But that's substantial. And we've seen certainly, uh, of especially, you know, the, even the, the old time sixth generation rancher, it really helps them to keep the family, keep it intact. The credits have been really, really, really beneficial. But we've also seen this year in the past number of years, problems, especially in the Southeast, where there have been abuse of the tax credit system, which was actually just addressed uh, by Congress. And I think we'll talk a bit more about that in, in, in some things to come. But there was these uh, conservation easement syndications that were mm-hmm. out there. And it's been a, it's been a bane. And, and, and really, they're promoters taking advantage of the situation. They don't think they see them as, you know, conservation people, but they're not. 
They, right. It's all about maximizing the tax credit and doing it in ways that's not really legitimate. So uh, Congress has actually really done a, a, a pretty amazing thing in helping to curb that this year. And that was actually even sponsored and helped supported by the uh, LTA, uh, Land Trust Alliance. So, um, you know, there's always good work happening there. So just know you may hear things out there that saying, oh, this is threatened and think, but it's not the case. Right. And I mean, that's what we're here for is to connect you with people we trust and mm -hmm. who are legitimate and will help you with that investment. And we'll help you through that process because they're definitely, I mean, it's just like working with a broker that doesn't necessarily lead you in the right direction. Choosing an, an accredited land trust is kind of another tool at your disposal. So good terminology there too. Oh, right? <laughs> I've been, you know, reading the dictionary nightly. Yeah. <laughs> That's my right. 2023. Well, more than that. Right? <laughs> um, well, another, uh, the, the fourth thing we really focused it on this year were regional challenges. There's things that we do work around the Rocky Mountain region, but every region is unique and experiences different things, whether that be wildfires, there was the flooding in near the Yellowstone area. Um, there was recreational booms in different parts of the country that affects land ownership as well. I mean, there's all these different regional challenges that you have to be aware of, but as a landowner and listening to the live stream and the podcast that we've been putting out, there are ways to mitigate some of this risk that ranchers are facing. One of my favorite live streams this year was when we had Jared on uh, right. to discuss how to mitigate your ranch for fire. Because as he said, wildfires are a very natural and healthy thing that occur. Um, but a lot of times landowners just don't know how to mitigate for that risk um, and how to prepare for it. So it was neat to, to hear his perspective on some of that as not only a ranch broker, a ranch owner, but also as a firefighter. Yeah, fire is not, not going to go away. I mean, and, and in fact, you know, some people believe that our reducing fire, you know, back in Smokey the Bear days of reducing forest fires has only led to a, a bigger problem in that we, we didn't allow nature to, to take its course. And preventing that has now led to some major issues and you get some big blowouts. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's really related a bit to the water issue. You know, it's not going to go away. People are going to still invest in ranches. And so what can they do to help protect themselves and understand mm -hmm. where they're at? Insurance is impacting, uh, certainly understanding insurance. You know, as we get listings now, we're really, you know, as part of it, hey, what's the opportunity to reinsure here as we go through the process? Mm -hmm. And just understanding what that is, is and passing that down. So I think we will have some experts also uh, in the coming year a bit address those things because... Look, I mean, we're still one of the few countries that have an opportunity to buy land. Right. And, and so it's a, it's, a, it's a good investment and a sound investment. So just understand and be aware of those issues as you, as you protect that investment going mm -hmm. forward. And, I, and to the same extent, we talked about you can love land to death. And, right. and recreation has certainly played a role in impacting wildlife and wild mitigation corridors and those type of things. So just understand as a landowner, um, you know, there are times and migration periods and other things that maybe you're, you shouldn't be taking out the you know, <laughs> motorized uh, motorcycle through an uh, elk calving area or whatever that might be. Because uh, the studies are showing that it's impacting it. And, and certainly as we see more and more people move out west and move into some of these hinterlands, 
uh, you know, you just got to be aware of it. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, you and I know we're, we're even working on projects right now in, in Chile, outside of the United States, where we're working with Explora and moving forward, where, you know, the landowners are actually putting money into an endowment managed by Nature Conservancy to take care of that landscape. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and that's a great idea. You know, I, I, I feel like I wish we could somehow institute something similar as we work on some of the properties. Well, and it's, it's interesting too. I mean, there's even been cases with, um, you know, public land access for fishing, um, through private land. That's a regional challenge that we'll continue to see. Um, there's some, you know, even when I was in Utah, there's some of that, you know, the degradation of the four wheelers and the motorized kind of vehicles in Moab, like I've never seen anything like it. And as a landowner, you have a responsibility to the land itself and you can protect a lot of the land um, that maybe these wildlands and these public lands can't. So kind of figuring out those tools at your disposal, like you were saying, the migratory corridors, knowing what you can do to protect those corridors with the public land access for fishermen, protecting the rivers above the public land. So maybe it won't even be an issue in the future. These are things we'll continue to to look at and we will share these stories as we hear them through the news. And yeah, well, we even listened to Mike Mead, the ex-governor of, of uh, Wyoming last night. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's always, he was always one of those guys, you know, to listen and, and say, okay, we need to talk through these issues and, and uh, mm -hmm. that public private, you know, that there's a real, you know, it's, it's resurfaced and it resurfaces all the time. Again, educate the landowners on, you know, right. being a good neighbor, and educating the public at the same time, being right. a good neighbor and understand there are private property rights as well. It's all part of the plan. I think, actually, I think we probably should be finalizing this book about being a good neighbor in, in the, you know, in the, in the 2020s and, yep. and beyond. Mr. Rogers of rural America. Yeah. <laughs> we can title it something like that. Don't you be my neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Um, perfect. Well, another thing that we focused on at length, this was uh, one of the fifth things we focused on uh, this year, is another tool at the disposal of landowners is regenerative agriculture. Um, land is precious in the West, so we're always exploring how to preserve it, hence our interest in this tool, regenerative agriculture, which is a mouthful, but it's super helpful. Um, and this idea, it rethinks the notion of getting the most out of the land in the short term at the long term expense of soil health. So uh, we had Kevin Watt, um, who used to work for Tomcat, who's now up at High Lonesome. We talked to Wine Timbers, Tom Morrow and Lewis Mountain. Lewis Martin with Woody Beardsley about some of the things they're doing at the BX ranch. You know, it's, it's really neat. You know, you said it a little last night when we were at the citizen of the West and we were talking to some landowners, like we love what we do, but we were with um, some of the candidates for the national Western scholarship trust. And they're all going to school for their PhDs in soil health and all these different things. So it's cool to have these experts on, because um, I learned a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things out there that people are learning about the soil, about how to um, graze cattle in a way that protects the soil, but also, you know, creates income and more grass and and better water and all these things. So it was really cool to have all these people on this year. Yeah, you're you're putting to bed some old mythology about it. You're getting a new science on soils. Like you said, even on Tomcat, I remember being out that on that ranch in California. 
and having these soil specialists, you know, show me a handful of soil and just all the microbes, you know, that's in the little handful. Your mind just, you know, and how that affects anything from grasses to everything and, 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 and just the nature of good soil and, and mm-hmm. it's a foundation to what we we have in the U.S. So, you know, that science is really, and it's so heartwarming to see people, you know, kids, adults doing this and committing their lives to all of that. And, and it, you know, because we, we are a nation of, of uh, you know, we provide food and fiber. And so yeah. it's, it's so cool. I, I mean, I, I, I look in awe of some of these people, you know. I'm not a good artist. I can draw, you know, barely get a stick. <laughs> I'm not a great hunter necessarily or fisherman. And I'm not necessarily well educated. So, but I but really you, do. You know Russian studies, Dad. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you got that uh, on lock. All right. No. But but I really do. This is what drives me. And I yeah. tell people, I just think, you know, got one planet here. Let's let's take care of what we have. Invest in it. Know how best to take care of it and run it. Because really, owning a ranch is you're owning time. Mm-hmm. You're owning a space and time on that particular property. So what you do matters to the next person down the line. And for those who are seeing this as an investment, it's a way to sustain and increase your income. Because if you just let a land land sit there or you overgraze it, or you mm-hmm. don't implement some of these practices, you're not going to continue to see the ranch that you purchased. You know, you yeah. got to continue to be innovative and to continue to use the tools at your disposal. And, you know, if you do own a land and you're kind of starting to see some of this degradation happen, reaching out to even us and we can connect you with a lot of great ranch managers and soil scientists that can help you create a plan because it's never too late. No, you're right. And, and, and it's well stated there because even if you're not running cows and you're leasing out your operation, even very important then to, you, you don't know that next person necessarily is well vetted on some of these newer ideas and, and and nobody's there to cause harm. I'm not saying less ease. I mean, but not everybody's always up to date on, on what really it, it works and, mm-hmm. and, and in your particular area. Because, uh, you know, we, we, we run the gamut of working on high alt- elevation altitude, you know, ranches, you know, with irrigated meadows, meadows and, and, and firs and aspens to high desert areas. And then you've got the plains. So mm-hmm. you're working on all these and there's different, there's different rules and, and, and ways of doing it. So even if you're leasing it out and you're there just to enjoy the sunrises and sunsets and investment, you better be, you better have a plan and we can help you with that plan. Stay tuned for the rest of the list next week as we review the second part of the MRG Top 10. I'm Haley Murr. I made the episode today with the help of our head of marketing, Mallory Boyce. Big shout out to MRG founder, Ken Murr. For more information on the ranch real estate market and other topics relating to ranch ownership, be sure to check out our website, murrranchgroup.com, and subscribe to our newsletter. Thanks for listening to the Land Bulletin Podcast. See you next time.